What would life look like if our good intentions were inspired enough, empowered enough, and challenged enough so that all those dreams became real, tangible good in the world? On Practice Good Podcast, you will find authentic stories, challenging conversations, and real responses that will inspire, empower, and challenge your social impact journey. But this isn't all. Good business and good programs and good social enterprise are only as good as the health of their leader. And on this podcast, we will pay special attention, not only to the good that we give to the world, but to the good that we live within ourselves, our soul care. Welcome to Practice Good, a podcast for change makers. I'm your host, Shiloh Kashima, practitioner of good, pastor, and mom of two spicy Nigerian littles. Get ready as we turn your good intentions into positive change. Well, we are back and I am so excited to be with you guys today. We are handling the topic of how to lead your entire team without burnout. That could mean two totally different things. It could mean how to lead your team so that you don't have burnout. And also, how do you lead a team so that they don't have burnout? And we are going to tackle the latter of the two today. So let's get started. As a nonprofit or a social impact organization, you really often are the organizations that attract people who have the same missional heart as you. These types of people often don't really require a lot of perks, benefits, pay raises, promotions, all these things. They're here because they're on mission and their heart breaks for the things that break your heart, which is awesome. But I want to tell you this just from personal experience and watching the industry, the nonprofit industry around me. This is a great mechanism for attracting people. This is not a sustainable mechanism for keeping people. And what do I mean by that? Essentially, you could attract the right people for your team. They're on mission. They're passionate about what you do. But if at the end of the day, they're not being cared for, they don't feel appreciated or recognized, and they're pouring their life, their soul, their heart, their extra time into this missional uh, opportunity, but at the end of the day, they're exhausted, they're feeling drained, they're going home with nothing left for their children, their family, their retirement, I guarantee you your turnover will continue to become quicker and quicker and quicker. So the reason why we're talking about how to lead your entire team without burnout today is simply because as nonprofits, it's very difficult to retain the right people. We're recruiting the right people all day long. As long as our mission and vision are great and we're communicating well and we're marketing well and we're getting results, but are we keeping them and are we cherishing them along the way? It's too often that we see people in social work and other things where the turnover rate is roughly 18 months. We also see that in youth ministry with pastors and all different industries because people are either staying and then once it gets unhealthy or they realize what's really going on behind the scenes, they find an organization that they think might be a bit healthier or better for them or they change industries altogether. I have seen this time and time again. In fact, an organization I used to work for years ago, I was hanging out with one of the staff and I asked them, is this place what you thought you signed up for. And I remember the guy told me, he said, let me just tell you it like this. If 
I knew how sausage was made before I made before I ate it, I would never eat it. And that spoke volumes to me that there was this beautiful picture that was being painted on the outside. But once you got inside, you felt unappreciated. Maybe it was a lack of connection. Maybe it was a lack of feeling like things were actually going well. Maybe the story was being told better than the actual success metrics that were happening internally. Whatever the case may be, I think all of these things can be alleviated if we look at how we're caring for our staff. So today I want to give you three simple tips and tricks to empowering your team so that they avoid burnout and stay for the long haul. You ready? (laughs) Let's get into it. Number one, exemplify balance. Now, the reason I didn't say tell your team to be balanced or allow them work-life balance is because really all those things mean nothing if you yourself are not doing them. You could tell your team all day long that you want them to be healthy, that you want them to care for themselves. If they're not healthy, then the mission isn't healthy. But then If you're sending emails on Saturday night at 9 p.m. or sending text messages on Sunday morning and they're feeling obligation to respond to those, your actions are speaking louder than your words. Your best form of giving permission to your team to live a balanced and healthy and whole life is to first do it yourself. Exemplify balance. Don't expect them to answer those emails or those slacks at all hours of the day and night. If you are like me, and there are times when you do need an hour or two on a Saturday night to finish up some emails, go ahead and schedule those to go out at Monday at 8 a.m. You can do that easily on several different emailing applications. Try that and see how the stress level goes down in your organization. Just today, I had a staff call me and say, hey, I want to let you know that one of our younger staff was in tears at her desk due to her workload in addition to her master's degree program, and she was overwhelmed. I told her, remember how many times Shiloh has told us that our self-care is more important than this mission alone, because if we are not healthy, then the mission isn't healthy. So you need to go home and take care of yourself and do this project later. And that just made my day because what I realized was I had created a culture shift that allowed people to watch by example, my actions reflect my beliefs and in turn shift the culture. And it in the end helped to take care of our staff because we exemplified balance from the top down. So number one, exemplify balance. Number two, Don't let your mission be the only mission. Now, what I mean by this is your mission statement is great, but at the end of the day, if your mission statement is the only reason you're there, oftentimes you're going to step on people to get there. You're going to neglect needs to get there. You're going to overlook recommendations and acknowledgement to get there, and a lot of people will feel burned along the way. Your mission as a leader is your team. Bottom line, at the end of the day, if your team does not feel loved, encouraged, empowered, and equipped by their leaders, your clients and those you serve will also not feel those things. It will only be a matter of time before things begin to turn upside down. I remember when I was in college, I was a resident 
advisor. We called them RAs or resident assistant. And then we had a resident director over us. I oversaw a floor of freshman girls in our college. And then there were six of us and there was a resident director over us. And I remember the very first day we met with her when she began to explain our role. And she essentially said, I personally cannot touch, reach, empower, or equip, or encourage 600 women on our campus. But I can do that. I can empower, equip, encourage, inspire you. And you guys can be my hands and feet to do that for these women. And that changed my concept of leadership. All leaders lead leaders. All trainers train trainers. You are not a leader for the client at the end of the day. My sole job as a director of operations is to lead my team to become excellent at what they do, empowered in their life, and inspired to live the vision and the mission of their life in our organization. If I do that well, you better believe that our program is going to be great and our outcomes are going to be great. Every student, every participant that goes through our program will also feel those benefits because I have focused on the people who are the hands and feet of our organization. I also worked for Starbucks in college a couple of times, actually, and I love how they treat their employees. In fact, they don't call them employees. They call them partners, and partners at Starbucks have all kinds of perks. Uh, They have coffee, a bag of a pound of coffee or a box of tea every single week that they get for free. They get stock in their company simply just by working there. And when you leave, you get paid out for that stock or you can keep it. You get free drinks during your work. You get 50% of drinks when you're off work and you get 30% off of products. And when it's Christmas and holidays, there's always these big sales that you get 30%, sometimes 50% off of products that were unsold. It is incredible. Not only do you feel like you're part of a mission, but you want to be part of that culture and you want to treat every single customer that walks into that building with as much respect and appreciation as you have felt by your organization. I love how they treat their partners. They also just added a pay for education option. In addition, if you work 20 hours a week or more, you are given health benefits. What? Who does that? There is lots of room to move up there and they prefer to promote from within. Every partner there feels valued and feels like you're on mission. I love it. I remember when we worked there, we had these things called secret shoppers. And you never knew when they would come in, but you knew it could be anybody. And from the time they walked into the door to the time they got their drink, they were only allowed to wait three minutes. And so you worked every single day to make sure you were giving every customer a three-minute excellent experience, not because of just wanting to get a good grade on that test, but also because you wanted to treat them exactly with the benefits they were treating you. And you wanted Starbucks to reach their mission because they were reaching a mission of caring for you as a person. When you're making your team your mission, you also want to recognize that titles are free. Give people the titles they deserve. When someone comes in as an intern or at an entry-level position and they've worked there for 10 years... Don't keep them at the same entry-level position. They now have 10 years of expertise in the industry that you're in, and they should be recognized for that contribution. 
if you're trying to figure out what title people should have or how to acknowledge them or what title to have, think of if they were to leave me today and go apply for another organization, what jobs would they be qualified to receive? And that is the title in which you should give them. Don't forget, don't give people more responsibility without giving them a pay raise as well. I know that in a nonprofit, we often have to wear multiple hats and we do a lot of things together and a lot of things we didn't sign up for, but that's marriage too, right? (laughs) But in the end, if you are changing someone from an administrator to a manager, make sure that you pay them as such. They will feel loved, appreciated, and loyal to you as a leader, as well as your mission, as long as you're continuing to cherish them and value them. So that was number two. Don't make the mission your only mission. Your team is your mission. And number three, invest in developing your team. There are a lot of institutions out there that just want people to be great at what they were hired for without any investment. And we're really setting ourselves up for failure here. In international economic development, we call this capacity building. Your team is your greatest asset. And to build them with capacity, to empower them, to increase their capacity is only increasing your mission and your vision to greater lengths. So institute a personal development plan. What we do is we have one day a year where we review our personal development plan. The team is able to create their own ideas for their personal development plan, including the ideas that I have given them. And they look into a database full of different ideas that we have provided for them as well. This personal development plan can be very flexible. It allows them to pick things that will help equip them to do their current job, also learn some areas that maybe they're struggling with or wanting to grow in, but also allow them to choose some skill sets or things that really are not relatable to the current job, but really are investments in their future. For example, when I connect with my staff, my constant conversation with them is, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Now, if that's not with us, that's completely fine. We have to recognize as leaders that every person on our team is not created to have their destination be where we are. And that is okay. Just because this is my calling and vision and mission does not mean it is their end goal. So let's say like you meet with someone and they say, long term, I want to be a public speaker. That's awesome. That has nothing to do with their role now, but that's their vision long-term. And maybe that's what God has called them to do. Maybe God has just called them to this as a stepping stone to that. And I am okay as a leader with that. I think as leaders, sometimes we have to take a step back and not take things so personally. We feel like if anyone leaves us, it is a personal attack and there's all these unhealthy starts and finishes to every organization. This is not good. I will, in churches, I see it too. People leave and every time someone leaves, it's negative. It's this big hush, hush, don't tell anyone. We have to get to this place as leaders where we allow people to have exits and entrances with health. So for example, if somebody tells me they want to be a public speaker and I realize that my organization is just on the way to their long-term destination, that is okay. My immediate response is, 
How can I serve you? And how can this position serve you in your long-term goals and calling? And what I do is I make sure to integrate as much of the skills that they need long-term into their tasks today. If there's anything in the organization that they can do that will increase their public speaking ability, I am going to give that to them. I'm also going to invest in them personally in mentoring them in this area. And I'm going to recommend some different books, classes, or ways for them to learn how to be a better public speaker. In doing so, I also gain their loyalty. And what I have found is that they end up staying longer because they're enjoying what they're doing longer and they're seeing how their current place fits into their long-term mission and vision. Make sure to invest in your team's ability, right? Make sure that you also invest in ways that are not specific to their current role and responsibilities. Now that sounds crazy, but I want to take Google, for example. Google has, during every day, about an hour where they require their entire staff to get away from their desks and to go do something playful. Sounds crazy, right? But in Google, they've got slides from story one to story two. They've got skateboards. They've got coffee shops there. They've got all these kinds of different things where their staff can take a break and do a mental shift. And what they have found is that they have come up with greater ideas, creativity, and innovation just from taking that one hour a day of changing their mindset. There have been studies that show the longer you focus and the more you work, there is a direct correlation to the decrease of your creativity and innovation. It will go up for a while. You definitely need to focus and have some flow and get your mind into something to get that creative space. But if you do it for hours and hours and hours on end, or you hit roadblocks and force yourself to keep doing it without taking a break, a mindful break where you step away, do something else creative or something non-related, then your peak innovation begins to drop. So do some research on that. This over-focusing, longer hours, pushing people beyond kind of that concentration limit, and how really having scheduled and strategic interruptions throughout the day where people remove their mind from what they're focusing on to something different and unique, and how they can pull back creative ideas and innovation into their current role and invest in the long-term mission because of that activity. Make sure to invest in developing your team and building your capacity. So let's just review these quickly. Exemplify balance. Don't make your mission the only mission and invest in developing your team. These are three surefire ways that will help your team avoid burnout in the long run. So make sure to live these, do these, implement these, and I guarantee you your workplace and your culture will change and shift for the long haul. Hey guys, I hope you found that super beneficial. I know for me, implementing those things in my workplace has been huge in staff retention, but also in staff satisfaction and engagement. I would encourage you to begin to put some practices into place that will affect and lower the burnout rates in your staff, especially as people who are living missionally and attracting people who are missional minded. You definitely have to take care of your staff because at the end of the day, people come for the mission, but they leave because the manager, they leave because the burnout, they leave because the exhaustion. And uh, so make sure to do that. 
If you loved today's episode, please, please, please write a review on iTunes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you can get our next episode. And make sure to share this with a friend or two. Head to Facebook, Instagram, do some hashtags, practice good podcasts, social impact, social entrepreneurs. If you really find value in this and you would like to help us get this off the ground, make sure to tell people. We would really, really love that. And don't forget, my email is always available to you, shilokashima at gmail.com. You can get the spell the spelling in, uh, in our graphic on iTunes. And we recently started a Facebook group called Practice Good, where you can join and we will begin having deeper conversations about some of these topics there in that private space. Uh, so it's a brand new group. We haven't had started, we haven't started anything quite yet, but I would encourage you to get on there, jump on there and begin some conversations and we will get started and getting to know one another. Thanks so much for coming out for another episode. I cannot wait to talk to you again. Thank you.